Explore the new Lifestyle Fitness Club on March 28th. From 10 till 4, find lots of activities like free fitness classes, food and drinks, and for the kids, a face painter, inflatable assault course, and funfair stalls. The first 50 to arrive will get a free fit kit. Join us on launch day at Lifestyle Fitness, Holyrood Academy, Chard. Fit for life. This is Three Valleys radio coverage. Oh, what a shot that is! Of Yeovil Town Football Club, direct from Hewish Park. is a blue shoots up through the stony ground there's no room no space to win in this town you're out of luck and the reason that you had to care the traffic is stuck and you're not moving anywhere you thought you'd found a friend Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful day Good evening and welcome to Glover's Inquisition. This is your chance to find out what makes your favourite player tick. This evening, we're very, very honoured to uh, have as our guests, first of all, manager, Darren Sowell. Hello, Darren. Hello. Terry Skiverton. Hello. Hello. That's better. Uh, Darren Betchett, our goalkeeping coach. So Hello, dear. We've got the whole of the coaching staff here all in one go, so we really feel quite chuffed to have... Um... Who's it, who is he saying hello there to, by the way? Just the audience. The listeners. The listeners. Okay, yeah, just yeah. wanted... I, I didn't know if you were saying it to us. I suspect we're going to get plenty of this as we go through the hour. Um, Darren, um, first of all, you know, thanks very much for joining us. And that it's it's got to be four, five months, I expect, since we last did this. Um, looking back on those four or five months, how do you see that as being a success, a failure, or uh, par for the course? Uh, no, it's been. I think first of all, it's been very good fun. Um, I've enjoyed the building process of a, of a new team and a, what is really a new club um, I very much enjoy my time that I spend with the players um, and I enjoy spending time with um, with Terry and, and Darren and uh, I think it's been a success 
I think I don't think there's going to be many seasons of late where the team would have accumulated 60 plus points and had the wins that we've had because we've had some really great wins here. I mean, the two wins against Torquay, I thought that was just you know smashing performances really against kind of a our local rival and uh, and obviously you know, full respect to. Um, to Gary um, but um, I've, I've really enjoyed it I hope people see it as a success I don't think it really matters how I see it um, I think it's probably more important how people look in and and, and, and reflect and, and make a judgement on us because let's be honest everyone's very very quick nowadays to make that judgement <clears throat> and uh, I'd, I'd like to think they'd look in and, and see a good team players are very committed connected to the football club play good football care a lot of charisma a lot of character I'd like to think they see that. I think that's the most important thing. I think the rest of it kind of is a very distant second to those qualities. I mean, you know, you're always going to get a few negative people, but I'm I'm convinced that everybody generally feels it's been a very, very good, successful period. I mean, Terry, how do you feel about it? you? You've you've sort of come in and started acting as uh, Darren's number two. Um, how do you feel about it all? Yeah, I think I mentioned it. I think earlier on in the season that um, it was going to be a really tough job for the person that walked into the building um, to see so many players leave at the end of last season on such a um, such a low and such a downward spiral that. It, it ended up being um, to come out of the football league. There was one thing that us from the academy office was looking over to say it was a it was a really big job, especially with the recruitment side of things, um, lack of staff, um, knowledge of the local area, the history of the club. And, and and how low it had sunk so uh, I'm not just saying it because he's here but the gaffer come in and he had a, a crystal clear plan um, he also along with the owner there was a there was a pathway of the way that they wanted to go and it didn't come overnight but the manager's been added to that recruitment side of things along with a really tough pre-season um, a lot of young kids were getting there uh, young players were getting their sort of starts in senior football and then he just added with more experience more experience and now we've ended up with a really you know really good strong competitive squad and it'll be um, you know it'll be interesting to come up this weekend because the first time we played against Barnet um, half the team was it was a real young team of hardly any of the players that we've got now and now we really feel that we're you know, maybe one or two apart we're, we're, we're as strong as we can be so um, the football club's come a long way it bottomed out it wasn't going any lower than where we are now and the manager's turned um, turned us into a, um, a bit of a points monster that picks up points performances whether it's at home or on the road and we've gotten ourselves into a great position in the league this year and I think in a lot of the supporters minds we're very much so ahead of schedule of where the, probably the club should be um, a lot of the supporters were saying well as long as we don't get relegated again it would be a success but with us doing so well the expectations risen and um, you know there's there is weight behind now where we've got to you know we've got to try and get into the playoffs and get a promotion season on the back of you know a, a really strong committed campaign to to get this club back into the football league and of course with Darren Betchett on board you've got two ex-players which certainly from the oh, point of view of I, know, I never played for Yeovil <laughs> is that what you're referring to yeah that's am what I'm the, saying am I the other one he yeah. never played for Yeovil <laughs> this, 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 well, this is a debate this, 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 quite a lot. I, I saw him play for Yeovil no, I don't no, know which thing no, 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 Terry went in goal more than Betch did I've got more experiences in goal in the league than what I can tell you got in goal as well he was actually on the subs bench that day 
Russ would put me on in front of him. <laughs> 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 dig back through that. But having said that, you know, he does know the history of the club, even if we don't say, <laughs> if we argue the point as to whether he's an ex-player or not. So, I mean, you know, you must be pleased to be back in the fold, aren't you? Yeah, no, definitely. I think... Um, That's a double negative. I think, for me, the transition from being in the academy last year with Tell, and then obviously coming in this year... Can we just go back a bit? You said, yeah, no, then, definitely. Oh, we'll come back to that again. All right. Um, so, yeah, no, I think the club, when I was here as a player... Um, it's changed Tell's obviously still been here so it's been good to be a part of that from last year with Tell coming down with the academy um, just being in and around it again um, different role for me this time um, Gaffer's trusted me to obviously be first in goalkeeping coach which I appreciate um, and I believe they said with some of the goalkeepers we've ever been unlucky at times with some of the loans we've had brought in going back etc for whatever reason um, injuries um, but I believe that the goalkeepers so far have, have done well so I'm, I'm happy with what I've done and like I said happy with uh, being brought in <laughs> but, no, but, but, but 90% of our loans have been used up on goalies yeah. we've been unlucky there's so, a reason we, why I can't bring any more players in because he's used up all the loans on goalies <laughs> we were going to mention that go on Ian well <laughs> sign the game so I am the game so if there's a possibility if that comes down you signed for the Somerset Cup I, I, may, uh, uh, yeah, I may be involved hopefully not <laughs> right tell us about a keeper curse do you think it's just been unlucky <laughs> has it Listen, there's a, there's, a, there's a big rule you've got to understand here. No one swears at each other, at us apart from us. Right? So you can't criticise me. I can. You can't. Now we've had, we've, look, we've had some very, very good goalies here this year. I mean, we've had some very good goalies. Um, we've kind of always fell right side up, haven't we? We've, when that moment's happened, uh, to have Nelson... O'Brien and Smith as the three kind of stalwarts of the position they're, they're good goalkeepers you know and um, we've been very very fortunate and then we've been backed up you know very well by Ted Can, who I thought did splendidly um, we had March in for a couple of games I thought he coped very well in, in a bit of a tough situation what were the other eight <laughs> <laughs> and then we've had and then we've had a few few others but it happens didn't it it happens and you know, you just have to you have to deal with it, and it doesn't matter whether you got sports scientists and a massive medical department. Sometimes you just it's a bit of fortune and a bit of un, you know being a little bit unlucky. But like I said, we've managed to always kind of fall back on side with it because we've been able to bring in Liam um, and um, and Adam on top of you know on, to support Stuart. So they've been they've been they've been fabulous. They've been very very good, all three of them, and and the two young lads have been good. But it happened. At least we haven't, you know, even Luke Wilkinson, he even had a go and was outstanding, wasn't he? So, mm. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you, you come out, you can come out smelling of roses on that one, but it has been tough and, you know, the constraints that we have financially mean that it's very hard to carry two Stuart Nelsons or two Liam O'Briens, that type of bracketed goalkeeper that has got, you know, 100 plus appearances and... You just throw them in, they get on with the job. So it's uh, it's hard to do that. And next year it'll be it'll be hard again. So you know whoever whoever has that shirt next year will probably again be supported by Betch. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so what exactly does a goalkeeping coach do then? I they mean, play that... what they do is they play catch. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? I'm only allowed a certain catch. amount of balls these days. So usually I have ten. I'm only allowed four now. Is it four? Well, if they don't drop them, the they don't need, they don't need more me. than one, do they? That's true. So, um, yeah, get the footballs taken off me before the session actually starts. Um, but it's just making sure that they're 
<coughs> ticked all their boxes that they need to do come Saturday. Um, so I think we've, for myself, dealing with somebody like Stuart Nelson, who's very particular of what he needs and wants come Saturday. It was a real eye-opener for me as a goalkeeping coach now. Um, so like I said, I think the main thing for me come Saturday for whatever keeper that plays, that they've done enough during the week to obviously go out there and perform the way they do. So practice makes perfect, they've been... Yeah, the optimum expression there. Yeah, definitely. You'd, you'd hope so. That helps. Have you got any of these gadgets you see on YouTube where they're like kicking balls off for like? No, I'm. It's funny you brought um, YouTube up actually. Unfortunately, because, um, um, yeah, we would like the gaffers touch upon um, academy budget or <laughs> budget. We can't afford surfaces. Like, so I just make do with kicking it badly. Uh, <laughs> a broken mannequin here and there. Um, but no, we, yeah, I'm not into all the gadgets. <laughs> I think you train with what you see on a Saturday. He puts a request in twice a day for a, for a hoop or a... All I want is a rebounder. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Tell to come through with something for me. Ask, ask the listeners if they would donate. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. we could have a couple. Yeah? Yeah, a couple would do. What, a couple of listeners? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we got that many. <laughs> we, we doubled. No, we could do, we could do a rebound, that's it. Yeah, other than that. If you could just come up with £2 a month <laughs> or Darren Betchett or a rebounder, please contact ytfc.net. For those of us who don't know what a rebounder is, what is a rebounder? It's basically a trampet. It's a trampet almost and the ball hits it and it just springs off oh we have been cricket for catching practice yeah, that, yeah, stuff yeah, like that, that. So, yeah, yeah. absolute waste of money what a load of garbage probably the best invention Do you want a I'll see if we've got a spare one at Parrot we'll bring one out for you <laughs> they've got two that'd be better <laughs> <laughs> now you're being greedy you only greedy normally space. work with one goalie why would you need two <laughs> Out there with elastic bands, yeah. No, elastic bands aren't, aren't good things. Uh, you haven't mentioned them for ages now. No, you? It's because I haven't seen them for ages. Oh, that's the, what the, there's a few players that yeah, use them, they was banned on day one. <laughs> so, Terry, how, how have you found splitting your time between uh looking after the gaffer and doing what he wants you to do and um the academy? Well, I'm quite lucky, really, because uh, I think the manager's done more sessions with the academy than me, <laughs> so um, being somebody that's been heavily involved in development of young players and young talent um, it's a, a breath of fresh air to have a manager that goes out there and takes the under under 10s under 13s you know probably because of the first team he's focused on the younger age groups and he's gone out there and worked for a um, for the foundation along with got uh, Mark Jones as well who was uh, an ex-manager of Oxford City that's done first team football that's actually over there uh, along with Kevin Hodges as well that we, we brought over from Plymouth um, Kevin Hodges is back here now is he? Yeah he's working oh, yeah. as head of coaching so along with Darren Betcher I think we've, we've got some really good football people and people that have had um, professional careers in the building mm. and um, I think the standard's gone up we've had some really good performances and um, you know it's culminated in us offering um, nine players scholarships for next year so for us it's a real positive that's in and around the academy at the moment and um yeah, it's it's hard work, but you know you can't you can't complain when you're doing both sides of it. When the manager stood right along his, uh, next to you, and he's he's doing the sessions and, and putting the time in as well. So we're um, you know everybody's come together, we're all collaborating and working working hard morning, noon, and night. So you could say he's helping you as much as you're helping him then. Yeah, probably more the other way around. Yeah. No, no, no. But it's because our careers are kind of you know my. Uh, 
the majority of my career is in player development and youth development and the majority in Terry's coaching and managerial and playing career is obviously senior football you know, so I did, I did youth development for 15 years before I became a manager and Terry's now kind of doing it the other way around isn't he so you know we, we, we try I think you got when people talk about cultures and creating cultures it's absolute nonsense you just it's just a flash word saying why don't we help each other and work together that's all a culture is a good culture is that you, you stand together you work hard for each other and and you you lend a hand where you you know where you can that's mm. that's it the rest of it is just the hyped up nonsense you know so we help each other we spend all day every day together we're lucky we get on um, and um, and you know it's it's been it's been good to to have both of them with us you know and uh, Betchy's the uh, Betchy's our whipping boy and we smash into <laughs> him most days but I've, but I've got but I've got to say he's a he's a very very talented coach and has a has a big talent and a big potential that will probably will definitely exceed Yeovil at some point um, and that will be the that will be the point me and Terry are not that gifted really I think we're probably going to be stuck here well Terry definitely going to be stuck here isn't he? <laughs> so, there are there are newer chairs in the stand than there are you know yeah. until so um, it's um, but no it's a, it's a it's a very talented group very talented group well it certainly seems to be a successful group but certainly things are you know progressing in the right way at the moment anyway and touch wood hopefully it stays that way but I mean are you looking from the academy point of view is it a question of bringing more players to the club to play or are we looking at it from a purely financial point of view that you can get some players and, and sell I mean I suppose indirectly it brings money into the club but for you buy players I mean, what's kind of the plan with it no I think it's just making sure that everything becomes sustainable uh, when you come out of the football league you get um, first year's funding second year's half funding and third year's no funding mm. so there's a certain amount of pressure on the academy at the moment to um, for us to try and get back into the football league and um, we've, we've, we've been sitting down we've been working ways of, of trying to make it all sustainable and whether that be you know players being sold or players getting into the first team squad it's it's a balancing act but it's a balancing act up and down the country and uh, you know last year we we um, Marco um Pam Marco, Marco Roos uh, <laughs> went to Southampton. Um, we've had a couple of a couple of other players in the last sort of twelve months that have gone out and trialled to Premier League clubs. Um, so it, it's a it's a balance now because ideally you'd like to to bring four, five, six players through into the first team squad. But it's a big jump mm. from playing youth team football to going into a first team, even if it's in the conference. Well, when I first came to Yeovil, we was in the conference. I was 21 years of age. Now, to ask a, a 17-year-old to go and uh, who's just turned 18 to go and play in our first team at the moment and get us promoted, it's a hell of a big ask. Mm. And um, and it's just finding that gap between 18 and 21 to make sure that it is sustainable, so that they then can go and have a long career with the Oval. Um, and that's what that's the challenges that we face. But we've got some good players in each of the each of the age groups, and um, you know the the people that was here before have done well to put in good foundations. And it's all about 
as I said before, trying to make it sustainable and trying to make it work because our hands are tied on a lot of the a lot of the rules and regulations of what we can and we can't do. So um, now we've got we've got a few good ones. It's, um, you know, a couple's got into the first team squads. Uh, I think Deck made his debut under you, didn't he, against Welling yeah. United in the FA Trophy? So we had a few over today training. So we're we're giving them the best possible. Um, platform for them to develop but then it's up to them they've got to step through and try and get into the mm. into the first team squad you say about um, struggling to get into the first team when we're pushing where we are is that why a player like Gabby Rogers gets onto the bench and you know we, we were, the difficult run we had he was on the bench and didn't quite make it onto the pitch is that finding that winning formula a player like Gabby Rogers doesn't quite make that you just got to be good enough haven't you yeah the, the rest of it's nonsense it's, it, honestly, we overcomplicate so much, so many things in youth development, and it's uh, you just got to be good enough. Why, why would a manager play someone who's not good enough? <laughs> why would he? I get shouted at more than anyone. Yeah, get sworn at, abused, all sorts. So why would I put players? You put your best eleven players out, then you, and then you put your next best five on the bench. Yeah. It's really sort of simple stuff. Um, and if you're in the best eleven, you play. And if you're not, don't play. That's it. And you know, I, I sold a player for 1.2 million at Stevenage. He was 17 years old. I actually dropped Luke Wilkinson at Stevenage to give the young man his debut as a second-year apprentice in the third round of the FA Cup. Why? Because he was better equipped to play that day than Luke Wilkinson. It's, honestly, it's it's as simple as that. Absolutely as simple as that. Can I ask you, um, you know, I mean, football obviously takes over your life to a large degree, but we know you're a family man and you've got some children and a wife. I mean, what do you do outside of football? How do you, how What's do you got to do with you? Oh, well, I was just... <laughs> What do you do when you go watch telly? <laughs> nah. No, I just wanted you know yeah, how, nah. how you sort of relax and yeah, you. It, it just depends, and it just depends on results and things. If you, you know, you're in a good vein of form and you've had a good period, you do relax more and you do award yourself the the time off that you should award yourself, no matter what. Um, but when you, you know, when you when you're not going for a great you know, running form, then you you can never escape your own head, and Terry will will understand that. You can never mm. escape the thoughts and 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 your and the thinking and the methods in your own head. So, have you but, got a cat? No, no, no. Oh, sorry, nah. not a question of kicking the cat. Nah, nah. <laughs> oh, man, we got a kit man Dan's cat in. <laughs> I think the thing people people don't realise is that um, as a manager, and I've I've been a manager and I've been an assistant, and you see it in. in people's faces as well when you win and we talked about it sort of last week for that bus journey home there's a feel of euphoria and you're really buzzing but as soon as that finishes you're on to the next game when you when you get beat you get a sick feeling in your stomach and your chest and when you see everybody and that lasts till Wednesday and then Thursday Friday you're probably and people don't realize people just think that you go home and you chill out and they don't care but it, it's not it sits with you and you and your mind's constantly going over all the decisions you've made all the little mistakes how you've got to rectify it that whole week's training leading into it and, and sometimes supporters don't realize that again it's you win it's really quick and then you get beat and it's when we had the conversation what do you say is it you, you don't like you, you, you hate losing more than you like winning yeah hmm. well, I can imagine I mean <clears throat> you know when I was 
press office here. I mean, it, it, I felt it was it was almost twenty four seven, and I wasn't a manager. I was just looking after the press requirements. But yeah. you get sucked into the whole yeah, the not, whole club and yeah, the football not, and the winning. I'm not quite so bad as I was when I was at Stevenage now, but um, it does stay with you. But you, you got to look. Our job. I think the most, you know, innocent um, foundation, bog standard job for any family person. I probably can't say man, but any is it you provide for your family. Mm. So my job is to be a football manager that provides for my family. So I owe my family my time and my full commitment, whether I've won or lost. Because my six-year-old doesn't really give a rat's backside whether I win or lose he's just daddy can we do another puzzle daddy can we play another game daddy can we go out he don't really care so it's very hard to to kind of take those moments away from your family just because you I don't know your central midfield player didn't take a chance from six yards out and you lost because of it it's very hard on them but I didn't understand that in my last job I, I never did I do in this job I do in this job and I, I'm, I'm better I'm much better so you know this time um, in this period when, when I was uh, managing at Stevenage I'd be exhausted now I'd be I'd be on my knees I'd be so tired mentally physically but I feel I feel much fresher here because you know you cope with the season and the longevity and the peaks and the troughs a lot better as you as you do it more it's like any job like any job yeah you say that but I mean I, w- I would have thought I can't remember or I can't think of another job that gives you the highs and lows that football does I mean the highs are just out of this world off the radar aren't they yeah. and equally the lows are just sort of you know I mean I remember coming back from Villa Park Mm. Remember that? I mean, the the feeling on that bus and uh, it was just unbelievable, you know. And I I had I'd come into that. I was only a, that was about a year into my job here. I'd never experienced anything like that before. Mm. It was fantastic. It was the, the highs, but equally the lows of relegation are just as bad, aren't they? Worse. Yeah. Yeah. How, how hard was it for you, seeing as you know you signed when we were in the conference and all your hard work was such a big part of getting us all the way from there to the championship to then see us sort of back down where you. Started. How difficult yeah. was that? Yeah, I take responsibility for that because I was there for that first part of the season as well. So it was it was really debilitating to. to we had uh, I was with you at the time. We had Luton away, yeah. and the youth team had a fantastic result. We beat them one one nil. Yeah, and then we're travelling back, and uh, the driver put on. Um, I think it was Somerset set up, I remember what it was, it was one of the radio shows and it was playing the game. And uh, did we go one up, two up? We yeah. Well, Northampton. We were winning. Yeah, two yeah. up. We were two up. And all of a sudden we're thinking, well, it, it could be the greatest game. We stopped off, didn't we? That's when we got out from the service station and got back on and we were, what was it? Was it? Two, two. Yeah. Two, two, yeah. Yes. And it was, uh, we won and it was just the feeling that for the rest of that journey I didn't yeah. even speak, just got in the car. Uh, went straight home and it was, no, it was it was probably as low as I felt being at Yeovil Town you know and, and whether it was part of it or not uh, on that day I think the whole club felt it and then um, after that when the season finished it was just it was such a big hole with, with everybody that was gone and I just in my head I couldn't really see where it was going to go from here and I don't know if you felt the same but yeah. you know it, it just needed something different and I, I think with the you know, with the the new owner that came in, bring, coming in, walking into the door with the gaffer. As I said before, there was straight away there was like a clear plan where, you know, like where you go, yeah, I can see where I can see what you're doing, I can see where you're trying to go, and it just changed like that. I'm gonna try and flick. Um, <laughs> 
but it just changed like that from someone walking in with a bit of enthusiasm and a plan and that's why we've ended up getting to where we are now and it's been I've got to be honest from the back of how low it was I've had a season where it's been like a, a breath of fresh air and I've you know the gaffer said straight away we're going to have to borrow some of the staff from the academy um, he says we're going to work really really hard we're going to do long hours but we're going to have a little bit of fun while we're trying to do it and we're not going to take ourselves too seriously and um, he's been a man of his word so far so because all I do is mess around no <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I think people don't. I think people see you in the interviews and see the manager like he's very jovial and all that. But there is a underlying hardness and uh, like a thing of, that, that craves and demands discipline, work rate, um, to show character out on the football pitch and to give their all for the for the supporters. And um, I think you've definitely seen that this year, haven't you? Mm, so, um, yeah. and that was and that was that's like a, a non-negotiable under the manager is to make sure that these players are giving that week in week out and if if we get beat with little bits of quality or mistakes that are made supporters can forgive that but when they're out there trying and they're going beyond the uh, going beyond the call of duty and the extra mile and you, you should see them after the game on Saturday there was they were limping on the coach because they'd covered so much ground and they'd put so much in and for us as staff members that's always a, that's always a real good and positive sign Darren, I remember Dorchester away friendly game, yeah. and I spoke to you. It was the first time I ever spoke to you, I think, and <clears throat> you made the point that you know there was a long way to go from a point of view of recruiting. Are you pleased with the way? Well, a that the, you must be pleased with the way the recruitment went, but are you pleased with the way that the the whole squad has gelled together into a unit now that is that is determined, that goes out looking to win every game, and you know they've got one objective in mind, and that's to go up. Yeah, I think I think we've been taken for granted a little bit. If I'm if I speak purely from the heart, I think we've been taken for granted a little bit now that we're kind of eight nine months in. How good a work we did with our recruitment, because <laughs> when I say even in this league we've got no money, we've got no money. This club has had to go through the biggest transformation, you know, internally with Scott. And before that kind of takes effect, I'm sure Scott has said this, you know, in his in his press. Um, you know, that needs time to go, you know, for that re- revolution. Yeah, that revolution to to kind of take place. So we've done everything with a mid-table budget in the conference, in the National League, sorry, um, and we have tried to make the, the sum of every part greater than. Than, than really its value and the work the recruitment we've done we've either been very very good or very very lucky probably a little bit of both but to get the players in that we have for what we pay them even in this division has been nothing short of a, a miracle really and, and unfortunately for me I have to maintain the expectation now of that kind of quality of work but it's very very hard it's really hard you know we 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 don't stretch ourselves. We're doing everything properly. Um, Scott has been great, very supportive, and, and really a manager. A manager just wants—he doesn't always want that financial support. He wants emotional support, mm. and he wants you know that backing of no. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing it like this. Let's keep doing it like that. I think that's probably more um, valuable to a manager. Um, and I think in terms of the way the players have come in and. Um, performed as quickly as they had we didn't really do it in kind of one big block did we we kind of drip fed it 
as we went along. And like we, we go back to the Barnet game, and Skendi played right side centre half, and you know we'd never even no chance he was playing there again. Um, no chance. Uh, you know Whelan played in midfield with Worthington in a two-man midfield. Diath played. Hippolyte played for 40 minutes and then got a left hook, and he saw stars, so he couldn't he couldn't play. You know, so it, the team. I think there's seven changes to the current team, and um, and because we drip, uh, you know, we drip fed the kind of the players in. But also, it, I always try and keep things really simple. I think the best coaches, managers, keep things really, really simple. There's never then doubt or confusion or um, grey areas. It's very, very clean and clear. So when Terry talks about a plan, it's just you know what he's kind of getting at is that my information's pretty consistent because if there's one thing you know I am very experienced at is coaching building teams on a train on a pitch and the management stuff is something I obviously I'm learning all the time as, as we all do but and we just give them a clear direction it, it really isn't that hard I mean if you bring in good characters good people and I always think and Glenn Roder was a big influence in me in this thinking is that when they go down the tunnel who really what really or who really do you trust with your mortgage with your life with your family's life it's a big thing and if you get that trust and you've got that character it's not go a long way it goes a really really long way you know take the Northampton game I was at that game 2-0 up playing really well you overwork and then like that 2-2 and down I mean it was a blink of an eye almost it was how can you play so wonderfully well for 40 minutes bring so much to the table get such an advantage and then one card falls out of the pack and the rest just go like that so I think bringing character in was important and a lot of these players and this is where with the recruitment is uh, of good quality a lot of these players do see life the way I see life which helps because it means I can get behind their eyes a bit quicker and see, try and see or, you know, try and um, predict what they're seeing and how they're feeling quicker than if someone's very, very different to me. It's harder to understand. So, um, but they've been, they've been good. They're a good group. They're strong people, strong, strong men. It's the strongest. I've not done it the easy way. I mean, you look at the background of some of these players. I mean, even someone like Carl. I mean, Carl was, uh, Carl Dickinson was cast aside as being a, I don't know, maybe a bit difficult as a character. Carl's been fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. You know, a lot of them are men after my own heart. They're very, very similar to how I see things. We've made it difficult in terms of reputations and being difficult characters because Terry and I are difficult characters, very difficult. Bates doesn't really have one, so that's why he just plays the rest. So, so he, but um, but because because they are because they have character and they have personality, it means we have to go through probably a lot more bumps than people. And the managers that don't have players of character and personality, but you know, half enjoyable working with people of good character and got good good uh, ethos to the way they come to work and and they work for us. I'm really lucky, you know, I'm really lucky the players really run hard for us and um, we never we never we know we're never shy or um, stop sort of common, you know. But bearing in mind what, what you just said about the financial restraints and, and you know when you first started, without giving secrets away, and if, if I'm asking a difficult question, tell me. But talk me through a, a transfer when you've got to go to a player that you've you obviously done your homework on. And I mean, take for example, Rhys Murphy, who came in pretty early, didn't he, in, in the general? Um, and you, you, you know, you want him, but you've got to somehow persuade him that he can't have ten thousand pound a week. He can only have five hundred pound a week or whatever. You yeah. Know? I mean, how, how does it? How do you do? Is it just your character? that does it do you think or is no, it really? look, I think uh, listen, we're, we're, 
behind the love of football, this is, like I said, this is our job. And and you, you know when you've gone for a job before and you have a bare minimum of income that you have to earn, don't you, as as an individual or as a family person or family member to be able to break even for your outgoing. So every player does have their price at this level. It covers their like most people in the world, it covers their bare minimum requirements. That's what it is. But the fact that we come and play football every day and we love it gives us great enjoyment and satisfaction to the work we do. Reese, it was just, you know, really good timing. I tried to sign Reese lots of times before. It was always far too expensive. But Reese had had a year in the league below. It was absolutely perfect timing for us. Really perfect. And um, I'm, I am what I am as a person, but I've got a bit of... I've got a bit of backside about me. I've got a bit of character and I'm not afraid of, you know, things or many things. And I just, I put myself out there. This is what Yeovil can do. Do you want it? Well, don't you want it? Mm. And he, I remember we did the deal in the centre circle. I think I was probably three, four days in. Maybe maybe more than that. No, 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 it wasn't more than that. Three or four days in. We went out on the pitch and sat in the centre circle and... Mm. Got it done. And Luke Wilkinson was easy because it's Luke and I've got a you know, really, really strong relationship with him and his family. So that was that was that was a doddle. I already knew where Reese were that Luke was and Lee Collins was some signing and uh, again I tried to get him before, couldn't afford him. Didn't think I'd be able to get him. I remember texting I remember texting Lee and saying, Lee, look, would this be of interest? And he kind of come back and he went, yeah, definitely. Call me agent. I'm lucky he's got a magnificent agent, proper straight talker, um, which you'd have to be if he was representing Lee. <laughs> um, and we got it done quickly. It was really, really simple. Really simple. And so, you know, I think the first three signings were Collins, Wilkinson and Murphy. I think they were the first three, weren't they? And then, you know, we had Crofty in between there who came and went, but... Straight away, the, the character in the dressing room changed dramatically, you know, overnight. As soon as you had big men like Lee in there, big men like Wilco in there. Murphy's got a really big character, you know, a massive character. So all of a sudden, the change room starts coming alive, doesn't it? And, and, and then you've really kind of got the, the wheels in motion. But he still took a lot more after that. You know, still took a lot more. One of the characters the fans have really taken to is Albie. Are you <laughs> surprised at... I'm surprised how quickly he's done what he's done absolutely I'd, I'd kind of earmarked him for if I'm honest a, a, a bit of a squad role um, maybe some backup sort of periods where he'd back up the play at the starters um, you know when he came in in his first day he came in on a trial basically a week's trial with another player from his club <clears throat> and uh, and pre-season I'm, I'm big on running Look, let's get no you, you, you can, the only way you get fit is by moving so um, I've always been a, a someone who puts on running pre-season and he won the running he, he won the running and very few you know amateur footballers that do it part time come in and win the running against people that have a full time it's just common sense won the running just big long legs powered away pounded away and then I remember getting the footballs out and we did a, a, a practice I think Terry did a practice and I, I just remember thinking oh, he's, a, he's a lovely footballer you see Albie you see good footballers their feet change shape when the ball's at, at, you know with them and you could see his feet changing shape to grip the ball to slide the ball to pass it to shoot to, and his feet are always changing shape it's a wonderful trait he's got Albie with that it's very few players do that and then he had a bit of a picture and I'm thinking and I think on that first day Terry and I sat in the office and, and we said we're going we're gonna to do this let's get this going now let's get it and it was pretty much after 20 minutes of his first session what I didn't expect that he'd come in 
and play the volume of games he's played and at the level he's played at. You know, he really has improved very, very quickly. Um, and uh, you see the speed of his feet now compared to when he first came in. is just like pff, night and day, completely different. He's becoming more professional in the way he sees the game, more professional in the way he sees his life. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he's given himself a fantastic chance of helping us be successful but having a having a decent career in his own right. But people can cor- connect with Albie because when I watch Albie, there's such an innocence to the way he does everything. He's like a... It's child. It's like a childish innocence, um, and uh, and and I love that about him because he loves his football. Absolutely loves his football, and he's been a good player for us. He's been a good player, but he, like, I don't know what people expect when you sign a player. They've got to be good players. It's their job. It's their job, and if they don't play well and they don't do what is expected of them, they lose their job. Like me, if I lose games, don't do my job, I lose my job. So it's, he has exceeded my expectations, but again. Paid to be, paid to do anything. Do you see similarities with him and Nathan Smith? Smithy came in from a semi-professional, didn't he? Potter's yeah. bar back when. I would say the. Um, <laughs> this is me being very kind to Nathan Smith. Um, They're very different players. Yeah. <laughs> Alb is a, a little bit more cultured, I'd say, in possession of the ball. But um, in terms of their athleticism, I would say. You know, I mean, Nathan was was unbelievably quick, and I think it took a little while to work out where to end up playing Albie because um, positionally, when he's at the back, he's he's he doesn't see the same pitch as he sees when he goes further forward, and he doesn't have that confidence in himself. And you know, when the when the gaffer first went and put him up, put him up that high, you know, we was thinking, well, this is a bit of a left a left field shout to put him up there. But he, he trained really well leading up to that point, didn't he? And the Gaffer saw something that, as me as more of a defensive coach, doesn't really uh, didn't really see. And he just said, "No, I, w- I want to go with this. I've got a feeling about it." And um, since he's gone and moved up into into them areas, he's been he's been nothing short of fantastic, to be honest. I mean, to see the way that he pins people, he goes and closes people down. He, he drives into the box with the ball. He can have two or three players around him, and he'll stay on the ball. Uh, he puts good balls into the box, brings other players in. But along with that, there's a lot of you know, as the gaffer says, innocence and there's a lot of rookie mistakes on positioning. Sometimes he comes back a little bit too far. Um, you can hold on to the ball at times. Doesn't mark at set place, does he, Terry? No, so we, uh, we had to come up with a solution for that. <laughs> but he gives it his all. Um, he takes on the information really well and he, and he does what you tell him. And he hasn't got um, he hasn't got an ego or anything about him like that. He just gets on and does his job. So for us, it was that which is similar to Nathan Smith when he first came in. Is that um, you know they're, they're hungry for that opportunity, and he's going to do everything in his power to try and become a footballer. And um, I love I love working with people like that, and I love characters having characters in the team and in the squad like that because you know they're the ones that help you win. But, but talking about Albie, uh, that first game when we played Stratford in the friendly, and I was hovering around the, the um, tunnel entrance, and I was talking to Jad McCreary, who yeah. was something to do with Stratford, and he was, he said, he said, you wait till you see this Albie skate, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. He said, you won't believe what you're seeing. So I, I said, fine, okay, you know, I was perfectly friendly about it, but, but I mean, he was right. He was absolutely bang on with what he said about him, um, you know, because at the time we didn't know who he was, you know. No. This just guy came out there, but certainly he was right. Without any question, he was right. But you know, yeah. but, but um, I'd be I'd be amiss if I didn't bring it up. Um, this question of this virus thing, and I know it's a negative 
topic but at the same time the way things are today it's kind of getting worse by the hour almost and we're all Can wondering it's a lot worse for you than it is for us eh? <laughs> absolutely Terry you're right <laughs> that's harsh I know it's a little bit I'm sorry no no it's, you're dead right though I mean you, you can't I, I'm not one to worry about things like that particularly but you, you can't help wondering about it you know but I mean uh, you know the implications for football are looking a bit grim at the moment I mean Manchester City's game has been postponed now um, half the Juventus players have got it um, Chelsea players have got it Leicester players have got it I mean uh, you know <laughs> we've never experienced anything like this before have we as long as football is going we've sat today we've, we've sat um, whilst we was having our lunch and we're, we're trying to think through the connotations of what could happen and you know it's no good for us if we have games behind closed doors and fans don't get to see our matches but this is going to be the rules and the guidelines are going to be set by the government so mm. we're always mm. going to be dictated off of what what they do I mean we just want to go out and do our jobs and do something that we really love but mm. if it's at the detriment of, of supporters and you know the, the demographic of Yeovil supporters we've, we've probably got quite a high percentage that you know that have been with the football club their local team for 40, 50, 60 years and the main thing is that we've all got to be safe yeah. especially for young kids and if you come here contract it take it home um, it, it's not ideal but I think we'll be guidelined by the government and what they say but fingers crossed that we can all get on with our jobs and, and do it in a safe manner because it's you know it's, it, when you talk about your family and, and, and people back home people coming to the stadiums we all just want to be safe at the end of the day of course we do that's right and you know I want to be safe I want to be here next season to talk to you about this <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, is, it is a, it's a problem and it, and each time we, we go back into the manager's office and you're looking at Sky Sports News, it's, it, it is moving and it's escalating and it's you know emails from schools and yeah. and it's all like a knock-on effect at the moment. So mm. um, no, it's, it's a serious time, but it's one that you know it just keeps the situation keeps changing. But we've got to keep a calm head and just carry on and do our jobs until we know otherwise. Definitely a question. Don't panic, Mr. Manorin. Then <laughs> yeah, I mean. We've not. We've, tra- we've trained. We trained well today. It was a good session today. We'll come in, organise until we hear any different, and, mm. and that's all you can do, really. But you know, the, the players, um, the players are ready. They're focused, and they're you know, ready to rock and roll against Barney. Can I ask you a couple of um, sort of non-yoval questions, but football-generated questions? You don't have it in this league, but what do you think of VR? Um, what do I think? I think it's taken. You know, a large chunk of football away from football. I think it's. Um, I, I love it that they still get it wrong. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. I mean, talking to VAR, I sent through the um, uh, to the to the referees association the, the foul on Albi, uh, on Courtney Doofus before the Boreham Wood goal, and they sent me one back saying it wasn't a foul. So even on the footage, they've got it wrong. It's incredible. So we're still getting it wrong. It, mm. it's, we're still getting it wrong with a, with a monitor and without monitors. So it's it's not a hundred percent effective. There's so many variations, isn't there? Variables on camera angle, distance away, toenails, kneecaps being offside. I just oh. was, was it was it was it was it so bad before? Don't you think that when, when some of the most obvious ones, I mean, to me, even though my, my allegiances are to Man United and Fred's 
tackle in the, in the penalty box last week. I mean, how could they miss that? It was so obvious. I mean, maybe the maybe the offside ones with the lines and stuff are perhaps a bit more marginal. But when when somebody gets kicked in the box and goes down, and they say they book him for a diving, and he didn't look like he dived to me. Why would he go down at that point anyway? Uh, my opinion is that they took on too many different things. Mm. I think they should have done penalties to start. And it would have been so anything in the penalty box, leave the offsides, mm. just stick with the penalty box, anything that goes in, anything, anything that's a penalty or handballs, anything like that. Leave the red cards because red cards are still, I think, subjective, don't you? Where if someone could catch them in real time. Yeah, but they couldn't even get the one with Mings right, could they? No. I mean, that is his shoulder. Mm. Yeah. Everyone could see his shoulder. The ball's on his shoulder. But to do, but to do offsides, penalties, you know, goal line, sending off. Yeah, sending off. So I, th- I just think that the game's too much and it's too fast. It's not rugby. Everyone keeps talking about rugby and Mike up, but football's a hundred times faster because the ball's on the floor and the feet are being used all of the time. And for me, there's no sort of catching of the ball and rucks and where you can actually go back over it. Um, I think there should be if they're going to carry on doing it for the offside I think the daylight rule should be if there is a gap between then for me that would be offside Mm. I think that's fairer but obviously I'm more on the defensive side of things but um, I I agree with the gaffer I I didn't think it was that far wrong before and the the one thing which I think is a travesty in football is when you start to see people score goals now and they're not celebrating Mm. supporters are like half celebrating waiting for a you got to wait yeah I I don't like that that's Mm. that's almost taking it to you know like American football and and we ain't that we're we're a standalone thing and we've got the best sport in the world and I'm understand for trying to speed the game up and, and trying to get decisions right but you try refing out there with our players on a, on a Tuesday we need VAR for that because <laughs> if you do a decision against Charlie uh, Charlie Lee he goes around kicking nine That's people tough, yeah. <laughs> what do you think Bess you agree I, I agree yeah I think I don't think you need to change personally no. they said they're not getting it right ain't that worse than is it mate no it ain't it ain't at all mind you if we'd have had VAR we'd have had probably three less sent off we probably have had four more penalties. Any nice support? It's been very good to us, but I still don't like it. I, I think you know. But oh, I wanted to Alex John. Uh, how have you heard how he's getting on? Yeah, we've been in, been in touch with uh, the people that's there. Um, he's one that's sort of again. He, he came through quite late last year. He got offered a pro, and um, because we haven't got an under twenty threes, we thought it'd be best. And, and we sat down. We had a meeting um, the academy and with, along with the first team, and um, we come to the conclusion the gaffer to say look we need to get him out and play as high as he can so we sent him on loan to Gosport um, being on loan there he got called up to Wales under I think it was 19s and um, put in a couple of good you know performances within their squads and um, yeah just out of the blue Hole came in and asked to, to take Alex on loan with a view to a permanent so before he went, we we worked out a deal that if he does go there, it's everything will be sorted. Uh, yeah, and he's there. He's playing for the the twenty ones and, and been playing for the twenty threes as well. And um, now he's enjoying the experience. And for us, it's a win win because 
if they do come in and they want to buy him it's very good um, if they don't make a decision on him we've had a, one of our lads not go to Gosport on loan he's gone to a championship club and been there with their facilities and uh, the way that they look to do things and so for his development it's it's a win-win for us and um, yeah we've been in touch with him I spoke to him I think it was on Monday uh, and he says he's enjoying the experience so for us it's a positive and you know we've, we've we had um, Gabby's been out on loan this year Tom Whelan's out on loan at the moment to Weymouth and uh, Gabby went out on loan to Salisbury and I think that's the best the best way for us to develop our talent is to get them out there playing against men fighting for three points and knowing what it's like to win and lose I suppose up at, at Hull too you've got Tony Pennock who's sort of got a little bit of Yeovil blood in him so keep an eye on him as well that's right yeah I mean I think Tony's more drifting towards the first team now uh, from what I've seen he's, uh, yeah. but yeah he's there and um, yeah we've been we've been in dialogue with the people at Hull and you know it's ongoing so watch this space for that one mm, absolutely well look gentlemen thank you very very much for joining us and being so forthright and answering the questions and um Hopefully, we could get it in a few months. See how it goes. Yep. And basically, best of luck for the rest of the season, boss. Thank you very much. Make sure you get us up. Yeah. No pressure. No. No. And Terry, thanks very much. No, no. For joining us, Darren. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed. Darren Betchett was here, everyone, by the way, just (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) Pressure's dried up. a bloom shoots up through the stony ground there's no room no space to rent in this town you're out of luck and the reason that you had to care the traffic is stuck and you're not moving anywhere you thought you found a friend Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful day Explore the new Lifestyle Fitness Club on March 28th. From 10 till 4, find lots of activities like free fitness classes, food and drinks, and for the kids, a face painter, inflatable assault course, and funfair stalls. The first 50 to arrive will get a free fit kit. Join us on launch day at Lifestyle Fitness, Holyrood Academy, Chard. Fit for life.